Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. What's going on, TLC? You guys doing okay today? Amen. Awesome. So glad that you are here. Hey, if you're watching live on Facebook, thanks for tuning in. Maybe you're watching live right now, or maybe later on you'll, you'll see this. We hope you uh, experience God uh, through watching this, and we pray that God uh, will bless you. Uh, feel free to drop a prayer request or comment uh, on there, and, uh, and yeah, so we're so excited, man. I'm so excited to be with you today. Um, Recently, we've been in a series called This Is Us, and we've been going through uh, the core values of our church. Because, see, we can do a lot of things, but not really do anything. And so we want to we laser focus in on what it is that God wants us to do. The core values actually help us uh, stay on track and stay focused uh, to the things that God uh, wants us to do. And so we've been going through this series. If you've been here, awesome, man. It's been, it's been good so far. But in case you've missed a week or two, let me just recap real quick uh, what we've gone through. The first week was the most important one, and that's God's presence. We value God's presence here at TLC because nothing else matters, right? If we don't have God's presence, nothing else matters. Nothing else that we do will matter. We're just a, a country club <laughs> if we don't have God's presence. And that's the most important thing, uh, period, right? So God's presence, we, we value God's presence. It's his power and presence that changes our lives. We can't be transforming life church without the presence and power of God. Amen? The transformation doesn't happen apart from God's presence. Uh, we value generosity. We are blessed to be a blessing. It is my uh, belief that we, the church, should be the most generous people on the face of the planet. Right? That means today when you go to the restaurant, don't forget that when you tip. And they know you go to church because everybody there is... Yeah, okay. Um, don't tell them you're from TLC if you stiff them on the tip, all right? Tell them you go somewhere else, okay? Um, we value growth, right? We're all on a journey to find our place and our purpose. We should be growing. We should be seeking to, to become more like Christ, right? We, we should be growing. That should be an everyday thing. At the moment that we stop growing, uh, you're dying, right? Uh, you might as well be backslided, you know, if you're not doing anything, right? Uh, we should be growing, 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 getting closer to God. Uh, and then we value authenticity, right? We talked about that last week. No one is perfect. Everyone here is welcome, but we can't, we can't stay that, that way, right? If we feel like, okay, well, I got issues and I got, well, you can't, don't stay that way, right? Because this could change your life, right? So, so you're in a good place. You're in a safe place. You're in a good place. God wants to change um, your life. So we value authenticity. Remember, we talked about drop the mask, so many times we come in the church with a smile on our face and our Sunday best and everything's great. But deep down, not everything is great. God wants to move in those areas of your life. Today we're going to talk about relationships. Now I know Valentine's Day is Friday, fellas. Valentine's Day is the same day every year. You can't, me well, you can mess that up if you don't do anything. Do something. Come on. Come on, ladies. What are my ladies? Do Come on, fellas. Do something, right? You might be out of time for Am unless you have Amazon Prime, you might be okay. But if you've if you've already missed the order date, you know you need to figure something out. Take her out to eat, right? Do do something. Do something often. Don't just wait for Valentine's Day and your anniversary, right? Do do something now. Now, ladies, okay, ladies, help you know help a brother out, okay? Treat your mans, okay? Help them out. Do something for them, okay? Um, yeah, yeah, right, Joe, you're with me, okay? Uh, but, but we're not talking about romantic-type relationships, okay? So you can relax. All the single folks in the room, you can relax. We're not talking about uh, that today. Uh, but we're talking about relationships. Yeah, we're, we're, we were talking with the uh, worship team 
this morning, I was kind of telling, hey, this is what we're, we're doing today. I said, we're talking about relationships. They're like, oh, man, you mean we got to be around people? Yeah, God made it that way, right? We're on this earth with people. Some of those people irritate us often, right? And they annoy us, but we are here on this earth with people. You can't avoid that, okay? You're in a house with people, okay? You live with people. You neighbor with people. You go to work with, there are people everywhere. You were created to be around people. You were created to have relationships, okay? And so we're going to talk all about that today. We value relationships here at TLC because we are better together. We are, we are better. To, we are, as a church, we are better together, right? Um, how, how many of you, you had a childhood best friend? Yeah, yeah you had a childhood best friend. Maybe, maybe you guys have become distant, uh, you know, over the years, or maybe you still connect with them. Maybe you had uh, a childhood best friend. Well, my son, my son's uh, seven now. I had to think about that for a minute. Uh, he's seven. When you get multiple kids, you kind of forget, right? Y'all, y'all feel me? So y'all understand? So you forget which one's which sometimes. So, so my son is seven. When he was in VPK, so preschool, about four years old, around that age, um, he would come home every day and talk about his best buddy. Wasn't his best friend. Like it was, that was what he called it. It was my best buddy, Aaron. Like every day we hear, man, what'd you do today? I'm going to play with my best buddy, Aaron. And he said it a certain way. He said it really fast. My best buddy, Aaron. Like every day, all the time. We're like, well, we got to meet this kid. And unfortunately, he lived in Lakeland. Um, and, and so now he goes off to school there, so they haven't really seen He still talks about him from time to time. I wonder what my best buddy Aaron's doing. And, uh, you know, he'll still talk about him from time to time. But it was so cute to hear him say that, how that first, you know, really, really close friend. Maybe, maybe today you have a bestie. Anybody got a BFF, a best friend today? Someone you know you call on? Yeah, I see you, Christina. Yeah. yeah. Um, your, your son Jude said that I'm his best friend, so I feel really special about that. Um, I think because I shared something, or I said hey to him, or something, but it was really cute. Anyway, uh, so maybe today you have uh, someone that's really close that you call your bestie, your BFF, or, or your best friend, or that might be a family member, maybe even, um, that maybe not. Maybe you try to avoid family. I don't know. Maybe that's a whole other topic altogether, and we can do that one day maybe, but, but man, we're going to talk about relationships today. I, I've had some close people in my life, um, in different seasons of my life. Depending on where God had me at that moment, there, there were people that, that I was close with, and then, then God would, you know, maybe call me somewhere else or, or get me involved. In and, and so just different seasons of my life, I had different people that were close. And that's going to be that way sometimes. It's not because I had an issue with them. I have one friend that we went through a, a, a season, like, early on before we both got married and have families. Like, we were super close. We were always hanging out, and, and, and unfortunately, we don't get to see each other that much. But when we do, it's like... Right, picked up right back where we left off, you know, nothing's really changed, and, and we do that, but oftentimes it's sad because we'll be like, hey man, we need to get together, yeah, let's do that, and then we never do, right, uh, anybody, you know, about that, right, but, but, but man, we were created to be around people, it's important to have uh, relationships, the right relationships, healthy relationships, people are going to help you grow and, and accomplish your, your plans and purposes and dreams and things that God wants you to do, here in the church, we should develop relationships, now you're, you're probably not going to know everybody as we grow, that's going to be hard to do, but you should have some people in your church. We as a church are, are a family, right? And we should be growing together. We are better uh, together. You were not created to do life alone. There's no rogue Christians. In fact, if you're kind of more independent Christian, right, that's not really a Christian thing. It's really not good. The Bible tells us that the enemy goes around like a lion seeking who he can destroy. You know how lions attack their prey? Yeah, they, they, they isolate those that are weaker, and, 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 and they get them when they're alone, right? And that's what the enemy does for us. And, and so we need people in, in our lives to grow together, to pray together, 
to celebrate those high moments in life and, to, and encourage us when we're in those low moments as well. We, we are better together. We, we grow together. Amen? We are better together. So we value relationships here. Now, we, you probably have heard that, that you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus, right? Uh, and that's so important, man. That, that, that's the most important relationship that you can have. But it's not always just personal. It's meant to be a shared relationship with others as well. So where we're growing together, we're all worshiping. It was powerful today, worshiping Jesus together. Um, there's something beautiful about it. I, I believe that's a picture of heaven. One day we're all going to be together. Every tribe, tongue, and nation, right? All different languages, all different colors. You know, we're, we're going to be praising Jesus together for eternity. Hopefully, hopefully you make it right and we're together for eternity in heaven worshiping uh, Jesus. But, but, but man, we, right here on this earth we have an opportunity to share that personal relationship uh, with others. But there are many that are walking around today uh, with, um, with relational poverty. With rela- now, there, there's a couple different types of poverty. We all know material poverty, right? Uh, you, when it talks about money or possessions or things like that, we, we know about material uh, poverty. There's spiritual poverty to where we're in a place, we're in a dry season with God. We're not really growing. We're not really praying. We're not really reading our, our Bible. Our Bible is really dusty. Uh, you know, your kids have wrote and read me in the dust on your Bible. You know, uh, you, you might be in some spiritual poverty if that's the case, you know. Uh, but, but, but there's spiritual poverty, but then there is relational poverty as well. And there's a couple of things that may have led to, to people in that, especially in our day and time today. Um, it could be increased mobility. This is a huge factor in people having relational uh, poverty. The fact is that, that people just don't stay in one place like they used to. Now, there's some of you in the room uh, that you are, you are rooted and planted right here in PC, right? Where, where are my native PC? Yeah, man, I'm right there with you, born and raised. Born and raised, Plant City, uh, around strawberry fields and used to be orange groves and, and a lot less busier times, right? Uh, Plant City Little League and Go Raiders. And then somewhere down the road, Durant, uh, you know, we, we love you guys too. But uh, even some of you guys go back to the planter days, the PC, the Plant City planters back in the old school days. Some of our grandparents and, and those. Uh, uh, there's people that just don't. They don't do that much anymore. And, and a lot of things contribute to that. Uh, jobs today especially have contributed to that. People uh, will move a lot more because a job may take them uh, somewhere else. It could be someone's environment. They just need to get out of that environment and move. But people don't stay planted uh, like they used to anymore. The average American moves once every five years. Um, if you're between the ages of 20 and 40, you might move an average of once every three years. Right? And when we do that, it's really hard to cultivate and keep those long-term relationships. We, we oftentimes do that in the church as well. A lot of people don't stay planted in a, in a church very long anymore. Some of you guys, you've been here the whole time. Where's Miss Gladys at? Miss Gladys has been here for so long. Hey, Miss Gladys, you've been here for almost the whole time this church has been around, right? Yeah, there may be a few others. I see some fingers pointing. I don't know where you're pointing. Oh, hey there. Five years old? Nine, sorry, I can't, my hearing's going. Nine years old, yeah. Miss Evelyn, nine, yeah, yeah. Some of you have been planning here and here a long time. Uh, some of you have been going here five, 10, 15, 20. That's just rare today. And, and it's sad that it's that way, where people don't stick around long enough. Uh, in in the, the leadership realm of ministry and pastoral ministry, um, 
I, I get frustrated with pastors that move every couple years. You can't do anything in like two years. You know, you're just getting to know people and just starting to get some, some moment. You, you just can't do anything in just a short amount of time. I see youth pastors that'll do that, and, and, and it's just, yeah, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating. I don't want to harp on that too long, but it's frustrating. So many people these days, they, they, they don't stick around as much as they used to. Another thing that, that um, leads to relational pottery or helps uh, lead to that is, is modern conveniences. Modern, uh, uh, many of you don't know a life without air conditioning. Okay, uh, but there's some of you in the room that you remember there was a time when there was no air condition in the home, right? So where did you spend your time? Outside, because in the hot in in the house it was it was hot. It felt better outside than it did uh, inside, right? And so you would spend um, all your time outside because it was cooler. Then there was the invention of the air conditioning, or, or at least not the invention, but maybe it became more affordable uh, to, for you to have air conditioning. So that moved us off the porch and from playing outside into, into indoors now because it was more comfortable. Uh, another thing scoot up uh, several more years is the garage door, right? The garage door. Uh, many times you, you, you remember pulling up in your driveway, maybe you're still able to do this today, but you pull up in your driveway and, and you can't help but see your neighbors, right? So you, you, you wave and maybe you converse for a few minutes and talk and catch up a little bit. But now we have these garage doors. You hit a button, you drive in, you don't have to see your neighbors or talk to your neighbors, right? Uh, you, you get to go in. If it's raining, that's really nice. Um, Haley, she gets the garage. My, my car's out in the driveway, so I talk to my neighbors a little more than she does. Um, it's a true story. That's not a knock on that. That's just the way it is. You know? We're trying to keep her car as new as possible because the Lord knows it's got its issues. But, but yeah, the, the garage door. So, so we, we have become less rela- you know, relational with our neighbors. Like, there's many of us in the room, we don't really even know our neighbors. I, I feel bad about that. We've been in our neighborhood six years now, I think, and, um, and we're just now starting to, to kind of do that. Um, our neighbors right across the street, they have a little, uh, I call them a wiener dog, but they're Dotsons, you know. Um, and my kids love this little dog. They just love dogs in general. So they're always going, the dog's name is Peanut. Hey, Peanut's owner, can we pet Peanut? You know, they, they don't know their names. We try to tell them their names and they don't care. They just want to pet the dog. Um, so we've gotten to know them a little bit more. But, but it's sad. We don't, we don't even know our, our neighbors much uh, anymore. So that, that was the garage door. Um, now, young, young people, right, my teenage generation, back in the day, we used to have this box that was attached to the phone. It was called an answering machine, okay? <laughs> you guys know you have your smartphones and you get voicemail on there, but we had a box, and it had a little bitty cassette player. You probably don't even know what cassette is either, um, but that's okay. It had a little bitty cassette thing that would go in the box, and you would record a greeting. Hey there, this is Kyle. Thanks for calling the Judah residents. Um, please leave a message. We're sorry we missed you, right? Same thing as a voicemail, but it was, it was this big old box that connected to your, right? And then at some point, we got what's going as caller ID. Now, you guys, again, you ha- we have it on our smartphones now. But we ha- so, so, see, back before the caller ID, though, you had to answer the phone if you wanted to know who was calling, right? You had to. Or, or if you were a G, right, you would, you would let the, the message play a little bit and hear, oh, okay, let me pick it up real quick and catch it, right? <laughs> Anybody do that? Yeah, I've, I, I, yeah, yeah, we do that. Now, now you have the choice of, oh, hey, I don't want to talk to this person right now, so I'm just going to let it go to the voicemail, right? None of y'all do that in here, do you? Right. But now we have a job. I don't want to talk. 
to this person right now, so uh, I'm just going to let it go to voicemail. Or if you get a solicitor, which many of us do, we get all those fun calls, right? So the answering machine was another modern uh, There's all sorts of individual forms of entertainment that have moved us uh, indoors. Many of us grew up playing outside, right? On the weekends, you got up, you watched your cartoons in the morning, you ate breakfast, and then the rest of the day was where? Outside, playing in the dirt, climbing trees, building forts, shooting animals, right? Um, kicking the neighbor's dog, you know, whatever, right? We had a cow pasture. Uh, I live right next to Miss Louise and Miss Kelly's family, and there was a cow pasture, and we ran all over that cow pasture growing up, man, doing all kinds of crazy stuff back in the day. But yeah, yeah, everything has moved in and away from people, right? So that's kind of added to relational poverty. And then the third one is this, is just a rise of social media. Social media is an amazing thing. Uh, it's allowed us to connect with people that maybe we haven't seen in a long time, or maybe you have family that doesn't, uh, you know, they don't live near you. I'm Haley has family in New Mexico, so we're able to stay connected with, with them more today than we did. But, but then also, sometimes social media, uh, you know, as good as it is, sometimes it, it isn't that uh, great. Uh, it's actually creating an epidemic of deferred loneliness. What do I mean by deferred loneliness? What I mean is that you take a picture, which I'm going to do right now. We're going to do something fun here. You guys ready? I'm going to take a selfie with you guys. You guys okay with that? I know it's church. Everybody wave. I'm just going to get the middle section. Sorry, guys, if you're on the fringe. Here, everybody wave. Say, what's up? Awesome. So I can take a selfie. You guys look great. And now I'm going to go. See, I have Instagram and Facebook, and so I have them linked together so I can do this really cool thing. I can go to Instagram. And, oh, just, man, my head's really shiny, y'all. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a filter on there so it doesn't look so shiny. See, guys, I know, I know, I, I'm, I'm with you guys, right? I know, I, know, I know how to do this thing, okay? So I'm going to put there, church selfie. And I'm going to hit. Okay, it's already linked to my Facebook. I'm going to hit share. Oh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to get the likes, y'all. I'm ready. I'm ready. Y'all comment on here if you see it today. It's taking a bit. Okay, there, done. All right, cool. No, nobody's, nobody's liking the post yet, so. We just, just got to give it a second. People are in church right now, so. Um, hey, th if, you, if you like it right now, I'm going to know what you're doing. <laughs> okay, I'm not getting anything. Let's see, let's go over to Facebook real quick. Peggy Longstreet Melendez. Great looking group. I got four likes. Or four responses, rather. We'll see how many it goes later. What do we do? What do we do? We post something, and we, we wait for the responses. We hope someone likes our, our page. We hope someone likes our, our post on Instagram, on Facebook, or whatever other form of social media. You, we, we look for that immediate feedback, right? And sometimes we get that immediate feedback to the point where you're like every 10 minutes, like, oh, let me see how many likes I got now, right? 
Is anybody commenting on here? Why isn't anybody coming? Why did I not have, I should have way more likes. This is a great post. I look great in this selfie right here, right? Look at my kids and how happy they look right now because they won't be looking happy later on in the day. Look at this great food that I'm eating right now, right? We, we do that. And we look for this instant gratification that will come through that. And, and for a lot of people that really drive, there's, most of us in the room, we probably, we could really care less, right? But, but there's some in the room that, that maybe really drives you. And so what it ends up creating is this deferred loneliness. It momentary, momentarily relieves your loneliness. But then it leaves you wanting more. And it leaves you wanting to, to where now you want to post more or you're really looking for that certain amount of likes to the point where it's like, all right, I feel like something's missing in my life, right? You, you know, all of these things lead to something is someone is missing. And a lot of times, not just someone, but someone's, a group of, of some, and here in the church, we should be creating those types of, of relationships. Man, when I was in youth group uh, growing up, guys, man, that, those are my best friends. And not all of them. You're not going to have to be everybody's best friend, but, but, but those are my closest group of people growing up. I've had some amazing people in the church come into my life and help me out. There's been, there's been men that have come along in my life and, and, and really encouraged me. I've had great pastors and, and leaders in my life over the years that, that have come through. Uh, Ted Messick, uh, he was the best man in my wedding uh, because he, he just he, he filled a, an area of my life that I so really needed, didn't realize I needed. But he would, he would take me and my sister fishing and, and just do different things. And, and that's what the church is supposed to do. Really, you, you, you can be someone's spiritual father just as much as you can be an earthly or a spiritual mother, right? And it, it, it needs to become more of a, a family. We need to come together and grow together. We are better together, right? So we value relationships here at Transforming Life. We were created for community, right? We were created for community. And not just a community, because we can get in our own little community, right? And we can, we can put up a gate, and you got to have a code to get in the gate sometimes, you know? But the church is not meant to be like that. We've got to learn to be a community, but also welcome others into our community, into our small groups, or to in your own individual groups of close people that you have. We, we've got to learn to be a, a community. We were created to be a community of believers, where we value relationships and we're better together. Check out Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 and 21. I'm just going to read this real quick. This is not our key verse today. We're going to actually jump to Acts chapter 2. So if you want to go ahead and go there, you can. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. But right here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. We are his house built on, his, on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We who believe are carefully joined together, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. We are building God's church. Excuse me. We are building God's church. Now, this, this might be our church. You might go to this church, but this is his church first and foremost. And we have been given the task. We have the opportunity to help build his church, to build his kingdom here on earth. God wants to use you to do that. And that is done best in community. That is done best to Together. Man, we want to do life with you here. We want to do life with you. We, we want to celebrate all those high moments with you. Graduations, births, anniversaries. Man, those, those achievements that maybe happen uh, in your life. We, we want to come alongside you and celebrate those moments with you. We want to walk with you in those low moments in your life. When there's a loss in the family. 
and you get a call from Jessica Ed saying, hey, do you need any food? Do you need anything this week? We, we, want, we want to get some people together. We want to bless you with food. Anybody, you've been blessed by food because you've been going, you know, some, some of you in the room. Yeah, yeah. You may have had a, a child. You may have had a, had a baby. And, and so you've had someone call you, hey, we want to bless you with food. Is there anything that you need? You know, we, we want to do that. We want to come alongside. We want to be able to encourage you and, and cry with you and help see you through some of those low moments uh, in, in your life. We want to do ministry with you. Like far too often, especially in the American church, we think, all right, especially the pastor and, and the leadership, they're the ones doing the ministry. And that's so wrong because that's going to leave a lot of you out. We are all called to do ministry. You may not have a, a particular title. Titles are overrated anyway. We are all called to do ministry. We are all called to do God's work. So we want to do ministry with you together. It's better that way because we can do more, right? We can do more that way. So what do we want to do? Man, we want to impact our community. We want to, we want to help people. We want to come alongside. We want to, we want to buy lawnmowers for people, right? That, that need, we, we want to come alongside. Maybe they need some help at their home remodeling Maybe it's a, a, a single mom who just needs a little pick-me-up, and we go in and, and we help them out, right? We want to come alongside of families that are struggling, man. One day we're going to have a mentor center where we're able to, to do some stuff and have after-school programs and help tutor kids and help give um, uh, English classes because we have a very large Hispanic community here in this area. We, th- those are some dreams and some things. We, we can do that together. If we give together, if we, if we come together and we see this vision that God wants to do, and we can really impact our community. So we want to we give to missions together. We want to go on mission trips together. We want to give cars to people, right? We want to fund adoptions. We want to chip in to help people um, that are experiencing a loss in their family, help chip in for their funerals. There's so many things that when we come together, many of you can give more, some of you not as much. But when we put it all together, we can do a lot. We can make a difference in this world. That's why we value generosity, because we're blessed to be a blessing. We want to do ministry with you. We want to do life with you. We want to care for those that are dealing with illness. We want to provide meals for people in times of need. We want to take trips together. We want to celebrate holidays together. Valentine's Day. Hey, we're having a Valentine's Day dinner. Kevin Ware is going to be cooking up something yummy. I don't know what it is. It don't matter. You know it's going to be good. So that's happening this Saturday, come, let's come together. Let's celebrate Valentine's together, right? It's going to be fun. We're going to have some games and, and some food, and it's going to be awesome. We're going to celebrate, we're going to, we celebrate Thanksgiving together. We have a, a pre-Thanksgiving dinner right here at church, uh, uh, lunch on the grounds together. We want to celebrate all kind of stuff. We want to eat cake together, but we also want to bring out the tissues together when we're going through issues and things in life. And we want to do life with you. We want to do ministry with you. Go to Acts chapter 2 if you haven't already. This is our, our key verse for today. This is where I want to sit the rest of our time. But Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. Let's read the word of the Lord together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. Come on, someone say together. together. And had everything in common. They sold property, possessions to give to anyone who had need every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, may we come together to build your church, to reach this world, God, to reach this community around us. Father, we are better together. We can accomplish more 
together. God, help us to get that. Help us to see that. Help us to understand it. God, help us to be intentional about it. Teach us through your word. Show us, God, what we need to do to be your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, now prior to this verse happening, if you're familiar with Acts chapter 2, a lot has gone down in Acts, right? Uh, Acts is actually a sequel to the book of Luke, right? Many people don't know that. This is a continuation of the book of Luke. And, uh, and we see the church birth right here. Power of the Holy Spirit falls in an upper room on the day of Pentecost. There's many people already going to be in town for the Passover feast. Right? This wasn't just a, a happenstance. This wasn't a, a, a coincidence that, that God played things out the way that he did. All these believers are gathered together. The Bible tells us they were in one mind, one accord, one heart, one focus, up and up and praying and seeking the face of God. And God pours out the power of the Holy Spirit. They, they were filled with, with fire, with tongues like fire. And the people in the city began to hear this and see what's going on. And they were intrigued. What is it? They thought they were drunk, right? And they're like, hold up, man. It ain't even the right hour. We're not drunk. Man, this is that that the prophet Joel has spoken. That God's presence will be poured out on all people, right? And they immediately step out. Peter preaches. People are saved by the hundreds. 3,000 people are saved. 3,000 people are saved, and they begin this, this movement of following Jesus, and the church as we know it began. And people are saved. People are getting set free. People are getting baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit. They're casting out demons. There, there's miracle signs and wonders. People are getting healed. And the Bible tells us here in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 46, that they were filled with awe and wonder at all these things that were happening in Man, I long to see a day where we get that back. That wasn't just for them, just in case you understand that and need to know that. That's for us today to experience. I pray that you're filled with those same uh, feelings of wonder and awe at the things that God does in front of us. Right here in this room, right in your own homes, and in your neighborhoods, and in your schools, young people. God wants to do that right here, right now, still, today. And we can do that together. We are better together when, you ready for this? We're going to pick this passage apart a little bit. We are better together when we are devoted disciples. Look what it says. The very first verse we read. They devoted. Look at someone and say devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of pray, uh, bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves. Man, listen, I'm, I'm going I'm to speak this, right? Don't get bad at me. Talk to God about it. But you are not devoted if you are not consistent in your church attendance. You are not devoted when other things capture your attention more than God does or more than gathering together. When there's other things in your schedule that take precedence over coming together to the house of God. That's not devotion. That's having your Christian life, your church, that's having God uh, just another part of your schedule and the things that you do. That's not devotion. You are not devoted if you don't give. That's not devotion. You are not devoted if you are not growing. If, you, if the only time you pray is when the pastor prays over you on a Sunday morning, that's not devotion. That's no prayer life. Right? You're, you're not devoted if you are the one with the dusty Bible that's still on the shelf or you don't even know where your Bible is. Right? That's not being 
devoted. This was not just something else that the early church did. This became their life. This became their life. These were all believers from all different backgrounds, from all different walks of life. They were, they were Jews. They were Gentiles. They were, they were Greeks. They were Romans. There were all kinds of people that they are reaching. They began to gather together. They weren't all doing ministry as pastors or church leaders. These were all the people that came together and God changed their life. Jesus came in and, and wrecked their life and changed their life and they came to know him and they gave their life to him. Not just the leaders, not just the pastors, not just the Pauls, not just the Peters, not just the Lukes or the Marks or the Ma or any of those other church leaders that we know about. It was all of them that came together. We are better together. We are better as devoted disciples. They came together and they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles. They came together and they devoted themselves to learning and to growing the word of God. They came together and, and learning and growing in their purpose and who God was wanting them to be. They came together and they grew and they grow to be more like Jesus, even unto death for some of them. How devoted are we to God today. Well, pastor, I don't have to be devoted to church to love God and love you. No, maybe not. But man, that's what God is calling us to be. We're not to forsake the, the assembling together of the saints. The Bible tells us that. We are meant to be in community with each other as the church. We can do more. We can reach more people. We are better together. Listen, and you have all kinds of opportunities to come together. Sunday mornings, come together. Wednesday nights, come together. we got a lot of stuff in between. We're in a season of small groups. we only got a couple weeks left of small groups, so if you have not uh, jumped in on one, it's not too late. It's getting close to that, though. we only got a couple weeks left. We're going to take a quick break because the festival's coming, y'all, all right? And we have a, this thing, this festival booth where we sell strawberry shortcake uh, during that season. And so we're going to take a break in that time. And then, and then as we get ready for Easter, it's right around the corner as well. Uh, but we're going to jump back in right before the summer. So if you've been enjoying it, um, don't be sad that it'll be over in just a couple weeks. Uh, but get ready because we'll go through another season right before the summer. But we have small groups on Sunday nights right now. Um, Monday night, ladies are meeting together uh, in the fellowship hall in Harrow Hall. And they, they meet together and have, have small group time and Bible study together. Tuesday morning, we got a group. Now, most of them are retired, so it's a little easier for them to come in on Tuesday morning. But they welcome everybody that can. If you are available, if you got a Tuesday off or, or, or whatever that might be for you, uh, and you can come in at Tuesdays on 10 a.m., uh, there's a, a Bible study that goes on there. There are opportunities for you to come together, right? There are opportunities for you to come. Let's be devoted to that. They devoted themselves to fellowship. Man, when we, when we come together and we fellowship, it's not just always fun. It, it, well, it usually is fun, it, it, but, but it's more than just the fun. It's more than just the, the hanging out. It's more than just the food, right? And I know that, that you're thinking, hold up. I don't, it's, it's pretty much about the food. Yeah. And I get that. I like to eat too. But when you build those relationships in the context of, of fellowship, you, you begin to earn the right to speak into people's lives, right? You, you earn the right to be able to speak. So, so those opportunities come up in those time of fellowship where someone is going through some things and you're able to encourage them. And you're able to, to pray with them. And you're able to, to talk or just listen to them. Sometimes they just need someone to listen, right? But then there's also the opportunities for you to be poured into as well. And that happens in the context of fellowship. 
Some of the most amazing times of discipleship didn't just happen in a Bible study talking about the Word of God. Sometimes it happened just doing life with someone. There'll be times as a youth pastor when I have a kid come on, hey man, I need some help painting this stuff. As a youth pastor, you get, all, you get to wear all kinds of hats, right? Maintenance hat. You're over the church van, right? And, 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 and you're over landscape, or at least I was at that time. It's different being a full-time youth pastor. Maybe one day we can get Eric full-time here. That would be awesome. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so, so, so I got, you know, hey, man, come on. Especially if they were homeschooled. I took advantage of homeschoolers. Hey, listen, I know you got maybe your group that you could go to, but maybe when you're done, you come help me wash the church van. That would be awesome. But it was in the, and then I'd usually take them to Chick-fil-A or take them to get some ice cream, something like that. We'd hang out. We'd just talk, man. Hey, what's going on in your life? What's God doing in your life? You know, what, what, you, got any, you got anything you want to talk about? And there were those times that we were able to, to really build upon that fellowship. Man, they devoted themselves, I, this might be the last thing on this listed, but it's the most important thing. They devoted themselves to prayer. Devoted themselves to prayer. They realized the power of coming together and praying. The Bible tells us where two or three are gathered together, there he'll be in their midst, right? The same is true for us today. There's power when we pray together. You should be praying on your own. You should have a quiet time. You should have some time where you are hearing from God. But there needs to be time, there needs to be more time where we are coming together and praying together. There is power in that. And they realized that. The early church realized the power that, that that's all that they really had at that time. To do what they were doing, to face the opposition that we're facing. And we're, we're kind of getting into that world today as we get closer and closer to the, to the last days where we're seeing more of that opposition. But they, they were facing a lot more opposition than what we face. We are, we are very blessed right now to be in a country where we still can do what we do. But they knew we have to pray. There's no, hey, maybe I'll get to the prayer meeting or not. There's no, no, we have to pray together. In fact, in one scene, we see them come together and they pray. And they, they pray to God. They don't pray about the issues. They don't pray about how, how bad the world is. They don't pray about who's president or who's not president. They don't pray about anything political. They don't pray about all their problems. They came together and they prayed. And the Bible says they prayed for boldness. To continue to do the work. Of the, to continue to see signs and wonders. Because they were being arrested for healing people. They were being arrested for doing the work of, of the Lord, and they said, we need to pray for more boldness. They understood the power of praying together. We need to understand that. We need to come together and devote ourselves to praying together. We should pray together. God shows up. He unifies us in those moments. He gets us focused in those moments. God will speak in those moments, and that's where God will give us boldness. So we're better together when we are devoted disciples and we're better together when there is unity. The word, look at the word community. The word unity is in community. Right? We are better together when there is unity. Not just, not just meeting together, but unified in mission. Unified in the goal, the thing that God wants us to do. Unified in the vision that God wants us to carry out. For our church and for our community. Unity uh, when we serve together. It, it, 
It's awesome. When we serve together, when we're, when we're doing, a, maybe it's a, a project. Yesterday, a group of us got together. We washed buckets out there to get ready to be filled with uh, strawberries, right, as we get ready for this festival. And then some of us came together, and we're washing buckets, and people are getting to know each other that didn't know each other, and, and everybody's hanging out. And, and before we know it, we're done, right? A, a, a lot of times we see serving together as work. But if we change our mentality about that, that's a, a time for us to come together. And when we work together for a common goal, it's, it's powerful. It's beautiful. It's an amazing thing. We're able to accomplish a lot together. There's unity when we, we grow together. When we celebrate uh, lives being touched and changed. When we celebrate when people give their life to Christ. When we celebrate when families are restored. When we celebrate when there was a marriage that seemed like it was about over. And now we see that marriage thriving. We celebrate people taking next steps in their walk with Christ. We celebrate people that, that didn't, didn't really want to serve, didn't know where to serve, and they, they took a step of faith, and they jumped in, they began to serve in an area, and they're just they're doing awesome, right? We, 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 are, we are unified in those things. We're unified when we go on mission trip. We're unified when we give together to something. When we serve the community and when we serve each other, there's unity in that. Acts 4.32, all the believers were in one heart and one mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions uh, were their own, and they shared everything that they had. They were in unity. That's why God was moving the way he was moving. That's why they were seeing signs and wonders and miracles, because there was unity. We can quench the Holy Spirit when there is disunity. We, we, we might get frustrated with a lot of different things at the church, but nothing will split the church and mess things up worse than when there is disunity, when there is division, when we're not on the same page, right? What is not unity? What is disunity? When we start acting like controlling people, when we start controlling things, that control actually is demonic, by the way. When we, when, we, when we start trying to control situations or control the way things... I've never understood. I've heard crazy stories about church boards. We have an amazing church board, right? After service today, we've got a, another business meeting, and we're going to vote some new church board members in. We've, we've had a tra- I've heard some crazy... I've never understood. What power do you think you're going to get in a church? I've never understood that. What are you going to do with that? But you see, that's where you see it's, it's, a, it's a controlling spirit. That's why I say it's demonic. We're trying to control things. We're not, we're not okay with that. That's not going to happen. That's disunity. We're not going to do that here. You're not going to control anything, right? We're going to follow God. We're going to follow the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit. But when we try to control situations or manipulate or control people, that's not of God. We're not going to do that here. That's going to create disunity. We want unity. Something else that will cause disunity is when we are critical. When we are critical. You, you, we poked fun of it in the video earlier, but, but when we're critical. Now, now, there's a difference between being critical and offering maybe a suggestion or an idea. We, we, you know, we want creativity. I'm always trying to think of different. Well, I don't want to do it the same way a church down the street does it, right? Uh, you know, I, we, we want to do, we want to be outside of the box thinkers, right? We want to see a problem. You know what? There's a problem that there's hundreds of people in our community that don't know Jesus. And there's hundreds of churches in this little town. And they're not being filled. That's a problem. How do we fix that? Let's come together. Let's talk about that. But let's don't get critical about what color of the paint uh, this is or how warm it is in the room or how loud the music might be. 
how the pastor dresses or, or any other silly things like that, right? Let's not be critical like that. That's going to cause disunity. That's going to cause division. Those are things not to be focused on, right? If the music is loud, sing louder. A lot of you, you're not in the room during the, uh, the, the sound check early in the morning. It's loud in here. But when you all come together in here, it fills the space, and it's not so loud. So guess what? Let's fill the other spaces in the pews here, and it won't be as loud even more. You can fix that. That's an easy problem. Invite your friends to church. But let's don't be critical. Man, man, if you get hot, just pick up a fan. That's what they used to do back in the day. Man, you know the Spirit's moving and people are fanning. Come on. Man, we ain't having church if someone ain't sweating, Joe. Right? Man, the pastor's head ain't pouring with sweat, man. We ain't having church. Let's not be critical. Let's come together. Let's be unified. Let's focus on the why. Why we're here. What we're doing. What God wants us to do. Let's be focused on the right thing. That's why we have these core values to focus us on the right thing. Let's don't be hypo, uh, hypercritical. Let's, let's just don't be uh, so focused on the wrong stuff. Worship team, you guys can come on up. I'm going to land this plane. When we're together, here's the beautiful thing about it. Yeah, we're in unity. When we're together, yeah, we're focused. But here's the thing. God moves. When we're together, God moves, right? Acts 2.43, remember when we, we read earlier, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. It was God moving through them, right? They were experiencing that. Right in the middle of this passage, right in the middle of their devotion to each other and to teaching and to, to growing, right in the middle of there being unity and, and them coming together, right in the middle of that, God is doing signs and wonders and miracles through them. When we come together, when we get this, when we get on the same page, God's going to do some incredible things. God's gonna, don't you guys want to see God move, right? Come on. Don't you want to see God bless some people, God move in people's lives, people's lives be touched and changed? Right? We want to see that here and now right in front of us. We want to see that. John chapter 13, verse 35, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. When people see the, a unified church, they will know, hey, this is the real deal. Hey, that's the Jesus that I want to get to know. Hey, there, there's something different going on. When, when we have people come into our church for the first time and they can, they can sense it, they can feel it because we're unified and we're, we're, we're moving forward in one direction, they, they know, hey, this, this is where I want to be. I don't want to be plugged in where there's, there, there, there's hypocrite. I don't want to be plugged in where... Where people are, are, are looking the part on the outside, but they're not really doing anything, right? They'll see that something is different. They'll see that this is real. This is authentic, man. I, I can experience God here. There, there's many people that are, we got to start shifting our mindset too to, to, to expect people that have never been to church to come through these doors. We've got to start praying for that. We've got to start believing for that. We've got to start expecting that. And that's not going to happen with this come and see mentality. It's going to come from us going out and doing our part together. But man, when, when people come in here and they've never been to a church, and they may be coming in with all kinds of preconceived notions of, man, how are people going to see me? How are people going to, going to view me? We've had someone come in the room 
First time they came in, they're like, I wore long sleeves because I didn't know how people would think about my tattoos. Man, I don't give a rip if you got tattoos, man. Come in with your tattoos. God wants your heart. God wants to move in your life. I don't care about your tattoos. If you're worried about someone's tattoos, this may not be the church for you. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm not worried about that. Someone may come in the room wearing shorts. I don't care about that. As long as you're clothed, I don't care. Right? I don't care. We focus on some of the stupidest stuff sometimes. And then people miss Jesus. That's a problem. We don't want that here. We don't want that here. We want to come together and do something for God together. And when we're together, when we're unified, and when we're devoted, God moves and people's lives are touched and changed. Come on, church. Miracles happen. Come on. We can see a victory happen in someone's life when we come together. Come on, let's get it. Let's get it. Well, stand up with me this morning. We may not always get along. That's going to happen. We're people. I'm not always going to get it right. Okay? I'm willing to grow through that. I hope you are too. But we're, we're not always going to get along. We may not always agree. You may not always like what's done. But when you find yourself in that place, when you find yourself in that place, let's get back to the main thing. Let's get back to why we are here. It's not for us. So there's a huge, mis another misconception in the church that this is, all, this is all for us. It's not. Church is not for us. It's all for the glory of God. All for the, it's about Him. It's about His purposes. It's about reaching people that are lost and far from Him. It's about helping families be better. It's about helping marriages be better. It's about helping the, the broken become whole. It's about helping the lonely not hurt anymore. It's about helping those that are dealing with depression and anxiety and very heavy things in their life find freedom in Jesus. When we start walking in disunity, when we start walking in things that don't really matter, then we miss what it's all really about. We are here for God, for His glory, and for His purposes. Let's remember that. Let's hold on to that. Let's walk in that. When we come together, when we're focused on the right things, man, the, hate, the gates of hell, they shall not prevail. They shall not prevail. You might do a lot of things alone in your life. You might drive alone sometimes. You might work alone, you might watch TV alone, you might pray alone, you should be. You might cry alone, you might shop alone, you might do a lot of things, but, but you remember when God created Adam and he said, it is not good for man to be alone. That wasn't just about giving him a spouse, that was about he's making us relational. He's created us to be in community. It's not good that man would be alone. When we grew up, we played in the streets, now kids often play inside. Far too often we say, hey, we should get together sometime. It's been far too long only to never really carry that through. It's going to take intentionality for us to get together, to come together, 
It's going to take us being intentional. It can't just be something else that we do in our list of things that we do. I'm going to ask you a question real quick. We're going to, we're going to close. But what if we quit looking to the pastor or a leader, you know, a person in leadership in the church? What if we quit looking to them to do ministry? Right? What, what would it look like? Again, we, we need someone to lead this train, right? We need someone to lead. But what if it looked like? What, what, what if someone was in the hospital and I showed up and I came in to, to kind of talk with them, pray with them, and like, hey, you know, I'm glad you came, but man, my small group has already been here to pray with me. But, but I appreciate you coming by. What, what, what if we did that? Right? What, what if someone else came? And, and just so you know, yeah, we, we do have someone that will come visit you in the hospital. It may not always be me. And I apologize. There's a lot of you in this room, right? And I'll do my very best. But we will have someone come and visit you in the hospital. You may very well see Bill and Sheila Bowers come in the hospital because that's just a heart that they have and a ministry that they have. And we want people walking out those ministries as well. It don't always have to be me or Haley or some of the leadership. What if we all came together and quit just coming to church? What if we started being the church? Right? What if we decided, hey, I think there's a need in someone's life. What if we came along to bless them and to give whatever? Maybe it was a lawnmower. But what if they said, hey, man, brother and sister so-and-so, they already got me. Hey, sweet. What if you did that, Right? What if I never had to give another giving sermon or we had never had to do another giving campaign because there is more than enough money to do ministry here, right? What if we never had to do that? Which, by the way, ministry takes money, just, just saying, right? But what if we never had to do that because there's more than enough because we, we don't have the debt that we have. There's, there's a mortgage, Right? But what if because we're giving and we're, we're being obedient to God in our giving and, and, and we're, not, we're not just a church that's just asking for your money. I, I just call you to be obedient to what God calls you to do, whether it's a tithe or whether it's being generous. But what if we did that? What if we all started calling people that miss church today? What if you noticed someone around you wasn't here and you were the one and, and, and you didn't just lean on someone that's part of our follow-up process? That we didn't just rely on one postcard that you might get because you missed. But what if you made that call? Hey, I didn't notice so-and-so was here. Or you reach out to them on Facebook. Hey, I missed you guys this week. What if we all took that responsibility? What if we all came together and we were the church together? We would look like that early church in Acts. I know that was a long time ago and certainly a lot of things look different. But the framework is great. And God moved in that. And that's what we want today. So here's what it would look like. Here's what, we're going back to Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 46. Transforming life church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone in Plant City, everyone in Dover, everyone in Sefner was filled with awe at many wonders and signs performed. By the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together on Turkey Creek Road. And they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. 
if you look at this, all of our core values are in this passage. God's presence. They were filled with awe and wonder at the many signs and wonders that were being performed. There's generosity here. They, they, they put all their resources together to bless people. There's growth. They devoted themselves to the teaching. There's authenticity. Authenticity happens in fellowship. They're, they're building relationships together. Next week, we'll talk about people, how we value people. There, there's people in here. All of our core values are in this passage. Let's, let's get back to the early church. It might look a little different than what they did it because we have cars and, and we have technology and we have a lot more. We should be reaching more people considering the modern advances that we had that they didn't have. They had to walk everywhere they went or ride an animal of some sort. They didn't have a car. They couldn't fly. They didn't have a phone to call someone. They had to write letters. And they didn't, have, they didn't even have snail mail like what we have, right? It took a long time for a letter to get somewhere. We should be reaching more people. And we do that when we're together. Come on, will you lift your hands and hearts all across the room? Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.